Here we go. All right. Here we go. Today's daf is daf lamet. Hey, page thirty-five in the Heligim Masechus Babakama. We already made some headway onto daf lamet. Hey, we are up to Rava Omar. Rava says, "Here we go. Here we go." Rava Omar, which is um, a little less than halfway down, right in the middle. Rava Omar Masnison. I don't the place here. Yeah. Rava Omar Masnison. Mamish halfway down. On the Yomad. Rav Amar Rava says, now, today's focus, by the way, is going to be um, primarily about, it's going to be primarily about two things. Number one is wrapping up this idea of, uh, uh, wrapping up this idea of doing something Bishaygeg and Mezid, and then we're going to get onto another topic when we hit the Mishnah, and I'll give an introduction to it over there. Rav Amar Rav is dealing with somebody who's, who lights a fire onto a haystack Bishaygeg on Shabbos. Get ready for this. If you light a fire unintentionally on Shabbos, are you Chayiv Misa? No. But still, you're not going to have to pay, even though there's no Chayiv Misa. Why? When somebody... Damages whether you strike a person or strike an animal. What does that mean? When an animal strikes, there's no difference whether the animal did it by mistake or on purpose. There's no difference whether it was done intentional or unintentional. Okay, now what does intentional mean? It means that you intended to do the misa, you intend to do the action, you just didn't intend for it to have that outcome. So, for example, I intended to throw a stone, I just didn't intend for the stone to break a window. Okay, that's the difference between Shaygig Mezid and Miskami. Miskami, Bain Derech Hiridal Derech Aliyah. As well, the difference whether the animal damages in an upward motion or downward motion. Now, when an animal kills a person, whether, uh, we know if a person kills unintentionally, you're only Chayab Golos, you're only obligated in exile if you kill in a downward motion, not if you kill in an upward motion. Here you're saying that you're Chayav, um, that you're going to be. When a uh, animal damages or kills, you're going to be. It's going to be obligated whether it was a derech yirida or whether it was derech aliyah lepaitray mamen alechayva mamen. We're not going to say your pater's up mamen. We're rather going to say it obligates you a mamen. Afmaka adam gardi for this. Here's the main point. So too, when it comes to hitting a person, like there's no difference. Bein shaygeg lemezid. Whether it happened by mistake or on pipes, be misgavin with intention, the shame misgavin without intention, mean derech yirida, the derech aliyah, the chayvay bemamen, what's not coming to obligate him to uh, to pay in mamen ella, the paitray bemamen. The halacha is you're going to be putter from mamen in all these cases. I, what are you talking about? How could you not be obligated in mamen? See, here's the deal. Everybody, back off. Ready? It's talking about when you kill somebody. My brother. Oh. So usually when you kill somebody on purpose, intentionally, the reason why you don't pay is because Kim Lebedramine would give you the more harsh punishment. And since you're going to be executed, you don't pay. Says Gemara like this. S- still, the halacha is that if you do it in a way where you're not Chayav Misa, you still won't have to pay Maman. Hear this? The same way by an axe you always do need to pay. So too by a human that kills and does any sort of damage along the way. Also, there's going to be a putter in mamen. Memela. Therefore, here's the halacha. If I damage something on Shabbos, for example, I lay the haystack, bishaygig, am I going to be chayav misa? No. No, but I also don't have to pay. 
Because since if I would have done it intentionally, I would not have to pay. Even when I do it unintentionally, I don't need to pay either. Now, where would the Svara come from? Again, where would the Svara come from? Just from the logic stating that damaging a person is similar to, to uh, an ox. And the same way by an ox, I'm always going to be chayev. By a person, I'm always going to be putter if it would have otherwise obligated me a misa. That's Rava's statement. Amrulei Rabbanan to Rava. Rabbanan said to Rava, what are you talking about? Can you say our mission is dealing with a case of shaygig? The mission says explicitly, the reason why you don't have to pay is because you're chayev misa. And according to you, you never need to pay when you desecrate, uh, not really desecrate, when you damage on Shabbos, which was the case of our Mishnah. You, according to you, you should never need to pay when you damage on Shabbos. Because if you would have done it intentionally, you're Chayav Misa. But why does the Mishnah say it's, cause, it's, cause, it's because you're Chayav Misa? It has nothing to do with it. It's because it's Shabbos. And it's the Gemara, Hachi Gemara, this is what it means to say, Kivan to be amazing, you need them. Since if you would have done it on purpose on Shabbos, like the haystack, you'd be Chayav Misa. For example, let's say you lit the fire in order to get ashes. So to over here, when you do a Peshagig, you're going to be putter from any sort of payment. Memela, we don't necessarily paskin like Rava, but Rava is not destroyed. He's not uprooted from our Mishnah. Period. End of that Gemara. Why is, why is it that he's putter from Because the same way in our Mishnah, there's no difference when a person hits a person. I mean, there's no difference when a person hits a person or a person hits an animal. There's going to be a consistent halacha. If you hit an animal and damage it, you're high of mammon. So too, if you kill a person, you are going to be putter in mammon. And what about the family? What? what? The, the breadwinner was killed. I mean, there's a consistent halacha across the board. I'll wait for your question. No, it seems contradictory, but it's not. Yeah, Our Mishnah... Yeah, because as Make Adam, Make Behema. Yeah. The same way, when I hit an animal, I have a consistent halacha. What's that consistent halacha? When I kill an animal, I need to pay money. Right. So too, when you kill a person, there's a consistent halacha, which is, you're putter from money. So I'm asking why. Because it's consistent. Make, by a Behema, gives me a consistent halacha. The word Make, you're chayav when you strike. Yeah, so... When that word maka gives me a consistent halacha, I always need to pay when I damage an animal. Right. So the word by maka adam yeah. also means I have a consistent halacha when I strike. I know when I kill a person, I'm chayav misa, and I don't pay. So that means if maka is telling me a consistent halacha, and I know I don't pay when I did it on purpose, that means I never pay. I never pay. I mean, you're never going to pay. When built into your action is a chi of misa with intention. Just because I did it unintentionally doesn't kick in and, and force me to start paying. Make, again, make behema, you always pay. The word make is consistent. Consistent by an animal, you do pay. Consistent by a human that you don't pay. Bottom line, you kill somebody, you're not going to have to pay. Okay. And what about the family of the uh, deceased? They're going to sit shiva. Well, I'm gonna sit the breadwinner is going to take removed from the family. Yeah, so that's a very, it's a very sad say. story. It's a very sad story, but as I is, that's the halacha according to Rabbah. That's how Rabbah understands the Pasuk. Okay? Fine. 
Now we're up to the Mishnah, five lines from the bottom of Lamed Hayam Abayz, and this is going to take us to the end of our parak, the end of the third parak of Babakava. <coughs> Very consistent and straightforward. Sugi, I want to give, uh, introduce two new halachas that are very logical. Halacha number one, which is not going to be the first one, but we're going to get to on today's daf, that is called Bari Vishema. Bari Vishema means if somebody is certain about what happened and somebody's in doubt about what happened, who are you going to follow? Certain. Certain. Okay? Very good. And also, if you're certain that somebody owes money and you're in doubt about somebody owes money, who's for sure going to be the first one who has to pay? Certain. The certain one. That's number one. Called Bari Vishema. Bari Adif. What's certain is what you grab. Okay? Now, why are you being like, ooh, major thing? Let me tell you something. In life, people don't follow this rule. People don't follow this rule. A lot of times we grab the Shemas. Maybe my child's going to be the one who cures cancer. Maybe my child's going to be, maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe. And because of a bunch of maybes, people dismiss the Bari. The main thing that's certain, and that is, you need to be an Eved Hashem. That's the bari. That's what's clear. <laughs> Everybody will agree. That's why we're here in this world. To, that, that, there's clear. Do you know what? Could you control anything else? You can't control. It's a bunch of shamans. You know they're going to be financially successful. You know I'm going to be financially. You know anybody. You don't know it. Shalom el You don't know anything. The only thing we know is the wisdom that we gain. Why are so many people pushing aside a bari when there's a in the face of a shema? Okay, so it's taka chiddush. It's taka chiddush, even though in, when it comes to finances, we, we get it. When it comes to finances, bari v'shema, bari adav. What's certain is in front of us. Okay, now, the second one, which is going to be the first thing that we deal with, and this is a concept called hamotzi mechavero, alav haraya, which means if you want to remove funds from your friend, it is the one who does not have the funds who has to bring a proof. This is not a foolproof system. I want you to know that. It's not a foolproof system. But whoever has the funds, it has to be another person. Now, Chazal had to institute this for societal purposes. Yeah. Okay? Otherwise, you can't have a society. Yeah. Yale is wearing a shirt that I like a lot. I don't have to tell you, prove it's your shirt. You know why it's your shirt? Because you're wearing it. So I... Need to prove it's not yours. Hamotzi mechavero. You want to move something from your friend? You got to bring the proof. Now, what would happen if, God forbid, I steal your shirt in middle of the night, or I go to the dry cleaners and take it, and then you come and say it's your shirt? You would have to bring a proof. I is that fair? No, but that's what you need for a society to function: is whoever is whoever's possession it's in. Even if the guy is a thief, the one who wants to remove it is the one who has to bring a proof. Hamotzi mechavero. You ever want to remove funds, it's on you to bring a proof. This Mishnah has the most fascinating cases. Follow. I'm going to go through, we're going to go through it. Just follow. It's a bunch of layers of beautiful logic, all focusing around oxen that gore other oxen or cows. And you're not sure which one got gored. You're not sure which one gored. Everything, but you know for sure something happened. And I'll tell you the, the, the stickiest part of this, the, the word sticky, yeah, is let's say one guy owns two oxen. One ox is worth 200 bucks, the other ox is worth 400 bucks. His two oxen team up and start running after ox number three and it gets damaged. 
And witnesses see a get damaged, but witnesses aren't sure which ox it was. Is the owner of these two oxen for sure obligated? Yeah, because they both he owns both oxen. But here's the deal. If the oxen are a tam, then he only has to pay from the value of whichever ox gourd. So the victim wants to say, oh, it was the bigger ox that gourd, right? It was the bigger ox. Because then you can get more money. You get more money. Or do you go to the smaller ox? Okay? So that's going to be a fascinating case that comes up in the Mishnah soon. But let's go through this. The Mishnah starts out with very straightforward situations. If you have an ox running after another ox, and then afterwards you see the ox that was being chased is damaged. The, the owner of the damaged ox says, hey, your ox was scaring my ox and running after him. You're obligated. And the owner of the, of the damaging ox says, no. Not so. My ox was chasing your ox, but guess what? Did you see it, Gore? No, I'll tell you what happened. Maybe your ox is a klutz, and it tripped on a rock and got hurt. How do you know that my ox hurt it? What's the halacha? The victim has to bring a proof. You didn't, nobody saw the goring happen, so you got to bring a right. Okay, straightforward. You didn't see the goring. Yeah, you just, you saw my animal, or even witnesses, saw my animal chasing your animal. 30 seconds later, the animal splat out on the floor with a broken leg, saying, time out. You say, oh, tell me, your ox hurt my ox. And I say, no, maybe it tripped. Nobody actually saw it. Right. So we say, you're right. You can't, you can't take money from me. I'm going to say, over it. Let's say two oxen. And it has nothing. Why, should, why, are we, why are we using this in the case of oxen? It could be in any case. Yeah, no, sure. It applies to any case. Can be like a you're, you're, yeah, you're right. It's same same halacha holds true. Correct, correct. You have two oxen running after one ox. One ox owner says, "Hey, your ox damaged." The other one says, "Now witnesses saw the ox damaged. They just can't identify which one. When they had a lineup of oxen, they didn't know which one specifically." We now turn the top of Lamed Heyam Abayz. They're both putter because the victim can't point at each any ox specifically and say it was your ox. Can't be sure. That's right. But what if both oxen belong to one owner? Then if one ox is more expensive than the other, the victim says, the bigger ox damaged me. Now, why does he want the bigger ox to damage? Because then he has more, more meat to collect from. Sure. The damager says, No, the smaller one did damage. Or the same case where those two oxen, one was a muad, one was a tam. The victim obviously wants it to be that the muad damaged, because then he's going to get full payment. And the damager wants it to be that the tam damaged, so he only has to pay half. The halach is, The victim always has to bring the proof, because he's trying to uh, pull more money. Now, let's just pause. He certainly gets half damage. Okay? He's going to at least get half damage, because that's what the owner of the oxen is admitting to. But he can't collect full. Okay. Now, listen to this. That was a case where two oxen run after one ox. What about if two oxen run after two oxen? So here we go. Two oxen get damaged. A $500, a $400 ox and a $200 ox. 
And there's two damaging acts. Also a $200 and a $400. Hanizik, I am the victim says, the $400 damaged the $400. Now I have more money to pay from the body. Right? There's more body to pay. And the smaller one hurt the smaller one. And the damager says, no, no, no. I'll tell you what happened. My smaller ox, my $200 one, gored your bigger one. So I'm paying less than half, let's say. Right? Because you're going to keep your carcass. Or I'm paying less. And my bigger one hurt your lesser one. So I only need to pay you half of, half of your lesser. Um... Same thing. In all these cases, if you can't prove that you deserve having more money, it's on the victim to prove that he gets it. It's not on the damager to prove otherwise. It's always on the one who does not have the money to prove that he has rights to the money. Amr of Chiyobarab. Chiyobarab says, Zotomeret. This mission is teaching me Chalukim Alav Chavera Val Sochis, the Amar Maman Amutu Besafik, Chalkin. Sumchis holds that if you ever have a doubt, you always split it, right? You, you always split it. Over here, you see, and you know, you don't do a split ski. Go prove it. And if you want to prove it, I'll pay you full. And if you don't, just because I'll suffix, just because of a doubt, is not an excuse to tell me that I need to pay. So it's a given that you get half. I need to pay anymore, huh? It's a given that you get half. It's a given that you get half. Even by a bari Okay. Sorry. Maybe I Amar I'm sorry. The sumcha say this even by bari ubari, where everybody is certain about what the uh, what the halacha is. Is he still going to say that there's no amayzuchir bari rather cholkin? Amar Lay, he says to him, in, yeah, Amar Sumchas, Afilu Bari Ubari. Even if everybody is saying that we are certain, and now Rashi explains, um, Bezdin doesn't know who to listen to. The damager says, I know the smaller one damaged, and the victim says, I know it was the bigger one. That's where Sumchas says, listen, Bezdin doesn't know who to listen to, so they divide it. Says the Gemara, Umemai Demasisim Bari Ubari. What about our mission? This mission, all these cases of this ox scored that ox, and the victim says the bigger one hurt the small, the bigger one hurt the bigger one, and the smaller hurt the smaller one. The damager says no. Says Gemara, do is everybody claiming they know, no. or is it maybe, or are they saying maybes? The mission didn't tell us. Let's see. If he, if he says bari, that means he knows. Right, but the mission didn't say that each one was bari. It's that each one wants. Maybe the mission is speaking, uh, speaking with uh, a bari v'shema. It's possible. Says the Gemara Diktani. Says look at the words of the Mishnah. The victim says this is what happened, and the and the damager says low, no key. Rather, it was something else. So you see, everybody's coming with a bari claim. Everybody's being they're, they're digging in their heels. Okay. If the first part of Mishnah is dealing with everybody coming and saying they know what's going on, that means the end of the Seifa must also be dealing with Bari Ubari, where everybody's claiming they know exactly what happened. But if that's true, listen to this. Let's get to the end of the Mishnah. It says, You have a big ox and a small ox. 
Nizik Omer, the, dam- the, the victim says, Godel Hizik Esa Godel. The big one did the, the damage. Umazik Omer, like Yala Kotn Hizik. No, the small one did the damage. Echotam Vechen Muad, whether it was, if, let's say one ox was a tam, one was a Muad. Nizik Omer, the victim says, Muad Hizik. I'm going to get more money out of this. Yeah, it was the Moor that did damage. You got to pay me Nezik Shalom. You got to pay me full. And the damager says, Like he, Elatam Isaac, I got to pay you half. We said, Let's say, let's say the victim does not bring a proof. Let's say he can't prove anything. He's going to get as much as the Mazik, as the damager agreed to. Okay. Nema, let us say, to have a tiyuf to the Rabbi Barnasan. This is an upslug in Rabbi Barnasan. The Amar Tanu Chitim Hoydle Bissayrin. He says that if, let's say, I come to you and I claim you owe me wheat, and you say, no, I don't, I owe you barley. Potter, you know what the Allah is? You don't even need to pay me barley. I come, I come for wheat, which is more valuable. I say, uh, Jonathan. You owe me a hundred bushels of wheat. And you're like, no, no, a no, hundred bushels of barley. Says Rabbi, says Rabbi Barnasan, you don't even need to pay back barley. You know why? Because the owner's never, the, the owner's never claiming barley. He just claimed wheat. So by not claiming barley, it's not like you saying barley is admitting to something. By, by, me, by me not demanding barley means I don't want your barley. So I'm kind of like being Michael, even if it would be true. Ella, but Bari Vishema. Rather, it's coming to teach me a case of Bari Vishema. Go ahead. Repeat the case again. Case like this. I come to you and I say, you owe me 100 bushels of wheat. And you're like, what are you talking about? I, I owe you 100 bushels of barley. Says Rabbi Barnasan, you don't have to pay me anything. So I'm not, by saying that, I'm completely denying it. Correct. So why don't we tell the, why don't we say to Tendler, I'm just, at least collect barley. Yale admitted to barley. Right. You know, we'll say to the, you know what they'll say to me? You never asked for barley. Why should we give it to you? You said you had wheat. Barley, you're wrong. Well, you don't get anything. Maybe the guy can't see right. Can't keep, see straight. Okay. He he gesund- hate. Wheat. Well, that's your problem. Maybe he thinks wheat's barley. Okay. So then don't say he owes you wheat. No, don't say that. What I'm, say- what I'm saying is the fact that he is saying that he owes him something, he could be making a mistake in what it is he thinks is the Possible, error. possible. But he he sees that there was something in there. Maybe. So he should be believed at least in the show. I hear your svara. Rabbi Barnasan says no, and I'll tell you his logic. Yeah. I hear your logic, I'll tell you his logic. Yeah. His logic is, if I lose my wallet yeah. with $200 in there, right. it's a black wallet. Yeah. What's the brand for Marshalls? Steve Madden. Okay, a Steve Madden wallet with two hundred dollars. Yeah, well, it, it, I get it's, quality I'm, stuff. Okay. So it's listen to this. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, you know the mother-in-law. You know the mother-in-law joke. That's the best way. Best mother-in-law joke. Best mother-in-law joke. I've shared this uh, before, but I said this. I actually said this at my Shava brachas. No, that's fine. I said at my Shava brachas. My mother-in-law said I should never say it again, but it goes like this. It says when I got when I got married, I bought my schwigger a handkerchief from Bloomingdale's, and I gave it to her and said, "This is where the schwigger sticks her nose." <laughs> okay, so um, 
the uh, so you get a, a, a wallet of Bloomingdale's, a wallet of Bloomingdale's. So I have a Steve Madden wallet here. Okay, a Steve Madden wallet with two hundred dollars. You find the Steve Madden wallet. You say you give it back to me. I'm like, why is there only a hundred dollars? You what? Why is there only a hundred bucks in there? Oh, you're like it was a hundred dollars. I'm like, no, it was two hundred. I mean, somebody else wanted to find his birthday. To you know what they'll say to me? You get to keep it. You know why? Must it must wallet. not be your wallet. It's what? If you're so insistent that you had two hundred dollars, and he only found it with a hundred, Yale could say to me, "It's not even yours." It's not yours. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep the hundred bucks. I get in tug. Have a wonderful day. I want to sue you in court for saying, but when I lost it, it was two hundred. Listen, I know it was a hundred. You jump in the lake. That's what we're saying over here. I come to you collecting wheat. You're like, listen, dude, I might owe you barley, but I don't owe you wheat. The fact that you're not even demanding barley, why should you even have to give me that? You never asked for it. You're saying it's not yours. Uh, get in tough. That's the other approach. That's the other approach. Well, what if he comes later and says, you know, you owe me for the barley? Well, so Rashi says he was Michaelit at the time that he didn't ask for it. He's Michaelit. Okay. He's trying to mach shtick over here. Okay. Says the Gemara. What's this case? Who here is saying Bari? And who here is saying Bari. If the, the victim is saying, I know for sure what happened. And the damager is saying, maybe, I don't know. We would still say this is an upslug on Rabba Barnosin because the Nizik knows for sure that there was damage. It should be the same as knowing for sure that he lent him wheat. Rather, the case must be where the victim says, maybe that's what happened. And the damager says, listen, I know for sure what happened. Since at the end we're dealing with the, the Nizik was the one that's unsure. And the damager says, I know for sure what happened. Reishanami is going to be the same case. Nizik Shema, Mazik Bari. Okay, the Amar Sumchis, and Sumchis will say, even in such a case where the victim is a maybe, and the damagers of certain to ishrich lashmeinon delay. I don't understand. Someone's going to say you divide it. What, what what sense is there in that? This doesn't make any sense according to Sumchis to say you're going to split it when one is a certain, when one's a uh, bari and one's a shema. Says Gemara loy seifa nizik shema bari mazik reisha nizik bari mazik shema. It's possible that the the mission is not consistent. Maybe one part of the mission is dealing with the victim saying, I know for sure, and the damager saying, I'm, un, I'm unsure. And maybe the seifa is the, is the, the other way. If you're going to explain it like that, then the two parts of the mission are dealing with two different cases. No, it's not considered two different cases. Just because in one case, you have the victim saying, I know, and the damager saying, I don't know. And in the other case, the damager is saying, I do know. And they're saying, I don't know. That's not called changing cases. Because they're both cases of Bari Vishama. In both cases, one person knows, one person doesn't know. So I'll say it like this. The Mishnah's telling me one straightforward halacha, which is Bari Ubari, Shama Ubari, Tremilinino. To go from Bari Ubari to a Shama Ubari, that's two different, uh, that's apples and oranges. But to give me two different cases in a Mishnah of Bari Vishama, and one, the victim's uh, the Bari, and the other one, the uh, damager's the Bari, that's not considered a change. We're not concerned about that. Okay. Certain, where it's clear, okay. Kufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement. Now we're going to clarify what we said before. Tanu if I claim you owe me wheat, and Rabiel says no, I don't owe you wheat, I owe you barley. What's the halacha? 
potter. You don't need to give me anything. My kamashvalon. What's the novel idea? What's the chiddush? Tanina. There's a clear Mishnah that states tanu chitim potter. The Mishnah tells us explicitly this halacha. So why did Rabbi Bar of Nassin in Amira need to tell me something that's already clear cut in a Mishnah? Again, the Mishnah says if the if the defendant admits to something that was never claimed, he doesn't need to pay. That's a clear-cut Mishnah. I don't need Rabbi bar to teach me that. Says Gemara, no, I'll tell you why. Get ready for this. If I would have only learned the Mishnah, I would say like this. If I ask you for wheat, and you admit barley, what does it mean, putter? Maybe putter means you're putter from wheat, but you still need to pay me barley, maybe. Like like Rabbi El said, the value of barley needs to be paid. Kamash the pot of the garment. Comes along Rabbi Munas and teaches me that the way to understand the Mishnah is your mom is completely potter. Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah, how you Hanizak and Shnayim Vechur Gadol Vechur Kotten Vechulu. We said, let's say two ox damaged, one's big and one small. Hala Ma'aseraya Shakol Kada Amar Mazik Amai Chitnu Sarininu. I don't understand. Says the Gemara, you know, in the case of our Mishnah, the victim says, I know it was the bigger ox that damaged because he's trying to get more money. The damager says, no. Says the Gemara, well, it seems you got to pay at least from the value of the smaller ox. Why? The victim's claiming he knows it was the bigger ox. We're not listening to the bigger ox. Let him get nothing. Let him walk away with his uh, tail between his legs. I get in dug. Have a good day. You get nothing. Says the Gemara, Roy What it means is, you're right. He doesn't get anything. He doesn't get anything. If he doesn't bring a raya, he doesn't bring a proof, he won't get. Because it's opposite of his claim. I have a time learned in the Brisa Hareza Mishtaim al Kotm Nagodu Vagodu Malakotn that the the victim gets paid for his claim. He could take the small animal for uh, assuming it damaged the bigger animal. He could take payment from the bigger animal, assuming it damaged the small animal, says the Gemara, the Tafas. You know the halach over there? That's where the victim already grabbed the ox. So remember, what do we say? Like if I steal something, if I take your shirt prior. Now it's in my control. Now it's in my domain, and that. But if he didn't take it yet, Taka, he's not going to get anything. Okay. Period. Tanan, we learned that's in the mission. That's a. You know that could be the case, right? Yeah, but I, that's, that's a good way out of not answering the question. And true, I'm going to add to what you're saying. What this answer is also saying is that if you're not going to say that, the question is right. We're, this type of answer, very good, is validating the question and saying the right. question's right, and therefore I need to wiggle into a small right. corner. Right. Beautiful. Right. And that is the halacha. Right. That is the halacha. Beautiful. Excellent. If one animal that gores the tam and one animal is a muad, the victim says, muad hizik, because now I get paid full damages. That's what he wants. That's a goggle. The tam and the tam hizik as a cotton. And the mazik says, like he, the tam, which I pay half damage from, damage your larger animals, you collect less. Muad as a cotton. And therefore I'm paying you less of nezik shalim. You have to bring a raya. Let's say he wouldn't bring a proof. Yeah, if he doesn't bring a proof, he would take He would take the same amount that the mazik already agreed to. The question is, why is he even allowed to take that? Why is he even allowed to get that small amount? It should be like a case of wheat and barley. And you shouldn't even give him the value of the smaller animal because that's not what the victim was claiming. Great question. Answers the Gemara. You're right. What it means is Roy Lito Inlay. 
he was capable, but the Maisel, we don't give him because he's not bringing a Raya. I have a time learned to the Raya, so I raise the Mishnah, the Kutman, Amur, the Gadam, and the Tam, Yimamish, pay like that. Says Gemara again, we're stuck into a corner, the Tafas, that the case is where he grabbed him. All right, should we finish the Parak? Yeah? Finish the Parak? Let's get going. Let's finish off the Parak over here. Proof? Huh? What constitutes proof? Oh, in front of a court, witnesses. Oh, oh. Yeah. In these cases, cases, exactly. So if you you have no witness, the other person has to remove it from you. You'll have to to bring witnesses. Again, that's why I preface the whole sugya by saying this is not a foolproof system. Uh It's just the system that has to be in place for the benefit of society. Otherwise, people are going to be driving each other nuts. Every time you want to harass somebody, prove to me that's your house. Prove to me that was your shoes. Prove to me it's your phone. Prove to me it's your chair. Prove to me. All right. Here we go. Zok the Gemara Viter. Two dots. Let's... uh, finish the parak Bez Hashem. We said if both oxen belong to one person, so then he's going to be chayav in both. You have two oxen of the same owner that damaged another ox. There's witnesses, obviously, but the witnesses don't know which of the oxen did the damage. Okay, so here we go. Says the Gemara. We're going to learn from our Mishnah. If you have two Tam animals that damaged, the victim could collect from either animal. Now here's the problem. That's strange. So Rashi explains the question over here is, like, where do you find the case where you yourself as a victim don't know what happened and you're going to have a choice? You be able to choose oh, yeah, which true. ox to, to take from, even if they have the same owner. Isn't it going on the ox? And if you can't identify the specific ox, like what does that mean? Each ox could say to the other ox, so to speak, it wasn't me. Answer the Gemara, then we're dealing with a sharmuad, not a shartam. Now who cares? A shartam, you pay from the animal. A sharmuad, you pay from the estate of the owner. So it doesn't matter. If we're dealing with two oxen that are moored, the victim's going to go straight to the owner and say, you're the one responsible. It's not about your animals, it's about you. Says the Gemara, Ibn Wadden, if this case is dealing with two oxen that were both moored and that did the damage, Amos says, go to the end of the Mishnah, the bigger one damaged, because he wants to pay less from the smaller one. We said that the victim has to bring a proof. Says Gemara, one second. Get ready for this. If the, if the oxen are moored, does it matter which one damaged? No, because no, I'm still going to collect full payment right. for what happened to my ox. Right. The only time a bigger, smaller one damaged matters is if it's a tom, because then I'm collecting from the body. Right. If I'm collecting from the owner, who cares? Says Gemara, Who cares? Your ox got damaged. You're going to take full damage. Who cares? What does it matter to you whether it was a bigger ox or smaller ox? It must be we're not dealing with moored animals. Rather, we're dealing with tom animals. And we're back to our question. Back to our question. Who ever heard of being able to collect from whichever one you want? Amrlay says to him, Seifa, but Tam Vrashim Muad. The end is in with Tam animals, the beginning is Moor animals. Amrlay of Acha, Sabal Ravashi. Even what they're doing with Moor animals, Chayavin. Why does it say that the oxen are Chayav? Chayav Gavrim, where they say the owner is Chayav. Asu, Maishnehem. What does it mean that they're both Chayav? Yeah, what do you mean they're both Chayav? You say the owner. It's just one owner. He's the one who's responsible. The whole, basically, the Gabar's question is the whole expression of the word seems to imply that we're, we're, we're concerned about the body of the animal. And if we're concerned about the body of the animal, we're dealing with a tam. Because by a muad, we don't care about the body of the animal. It doesn't make a difference. It says Gemara, Ella, rather the island batamim, you're right. We're dealing with tam animals throughout the Mishnah of Rabbi Akivahi. And we're going to Peter of Rabbi Akivahi, who says that even when a tam animal damages, 
both the damaging party and the victim become shutfim, become partners in the ox. And the reason why we said that both oxen are uh, are responsible, because the the uh, what it's telling me that the damager cannot go to the victim and say, oh, maybe it was the other ox. No, 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 no. And Bakiva says, either way, either way, we're partners and you're going to be responsible. Uh, however, if both of them are not here, then the owner of the oxen can say to the victim, go bring a proof that this ox, the one that I have over here, is the one that damaged you, and I will go ahead and pay you. Third on the very first night of Hanukkah. Bezem Tamara, we will, it's Thursday night, it's Bezem Erev Shabbos, 9.30 tomorrow morning, we will pick up with the next Perak. Uh, Gitenacht!